This is the SSBI Podcast. This is all about Microsoft Power BI. My name is Lars Schreiber. I have no proper time where I uh, release this stuff. So like every single Monday or so, it's just a fun project for yeah. me, I guess, like you're, you're doing your podcast. And, yeah. um, but by the way, how, how's it going with your podcast? I'm just, yeah. just for you, you're listening. Um, Wynn has a dedicated power query podcast that I um, pretty uh, like pretty much. And I was honored to be a guest on, on his podcast uh, some month ago. So how, how is it going with this one? Yeah, we're having a sort of a brief break. Um, so there's plenty of other bits and pieces going on. So uh, we're going to kick, kick in again with some new guests um, over the next few months. So watch this space. We're going to start again. <laughs> is, it, is it already scheduled or just planned? Yeah, we've got one or two people already scheduled. So then we'll we'll sort of start releasing a few. But it's really more of a... You know, I went through the first series of it and I sort of got to the end of it and I was quite tired of of, of the sort of routine of things because there's all the editing and, you know, you know, you know this as well. Yeah. There's all this extra time that goes on afterwards. And then sort of a, a period of time passed. I don't know how long it was, six months, a year maybe. And then I sort of forgot all the, the painful bits. <laughs> yeah. I went, oh, let's do some more podcasts again. And then <laughs> about three or four in, it was just, oh. I remember now why I stopped doing it. It was a lot of work. I, I heard people so, say it's the same with children. After the first yeah, one, yeah. You, you forget about all the struggle. Yeah. <laughs> so um, no, I want to do a few, but it's just a case of, I really wanted to get that sort of first season of them done. And then this one's sort of more of a, as and when I can hook somebody in to do one and our calendars uh, sort of work out, then we'll do it that way. So, yeah. yeah. I, I, I can imagine that it's pretty hard to um, talk about a dedicated topic like Power Query all, all the time. So you're really uh, digging into the community, the Power Query community, and try to yeah. get some information from, from the people there. Um, yeah. I guess we both share this passion for Power Query. What do, you, what do you love about it so much? I just think it's, it's simple enough to learn and it addresses so many real life needs for the people who are you know in the business doing all the grunt work getting their data for some reporting it's just anybody you show it to just goes oh why did i not know about this it's just going to help it's instant i can see what it's used for i can see how to use it it's pretty easy to get started so there's nothing not to like about it it's just awesome and then it's just got this sort of path this nice gradual learning path where you can start dipping into more and more complex topics mm. so it's and it hasn't changed much since it no. got invented essentially that's it the was, beauty of it as well they got it right yeah it was very mature right from the beginning yeah yeah it was and it was such a missing need um vba which is where sort of you know i cut my teeth on some of this stuff <laughs> was okay but you know i actually had to do some vba today um, a colleague asked me to help them it was real simple And I struggled. I really struggled with it. It was just like adding a row to a table. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, how, oh, how do I do that again? What? And I was writing the wrong syntax. And yeah. That, that's funny. I, I guess uh, the last time we spoke, we both agreed that doing VBA is almost unnecessary uh, in the meantime due yeah. to Power Query. Because many things you do with or, or did with VBA was importing and transforming data. And, and that's what Power Query is meant for. But yeah, yeah. Uh, the funny part is I did VBA yesterday myself after, right. I guess, one and a half years or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, trying to, to develop um, a tool that converts um, X, XLS, XL files into oh, XLSX yeah. or XLSM files. Um, okay. I, I know there are many uh, PowerShell scripts out there, but many people in... in Uh, controlling and marketing are not allowed to to run them as an administrator so yeah, yeah but I, i totally feel your pain it was <laughs> it, it took much longer than it should be yeah i was almost embarrassed you know <laughs> i used to do this for a living it was my yes. job me, me too I, i just 
yeah, just crazy how the code just goes and the structure and you've, you know, you, you focus on M language now or DAX or whatever it is. And it's just, yeah. Your, just your brain just works efficient, just throws yeah. out all the stuff that's not needed. Yeah. And, it, you know, I guess some, and, you know, like yourself speaking a second language, if you don't practice it, all those little terms and, you know, phrases, they just slip out your mind. And you just that's can't the only reason why we're sitting here together. <laughs> I just want practice. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I'm glad to be your, uh, you know, your assistant in that. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks a lot. Yeah, but I guess this this parkour thing, thing um, you just catch both of us and so many more. Um, I, yeah. I know you're you're a teacher yourself. Um, you you give yeah. training courses and stuff. What, yeah. What's your experience with this? Um, when I do a, a, a Power BI desktop training. And, um, there are people who used to work with Excel all day and, and trying to find out what this power BI uh, desktop stuff is. Uh, they do this training and they can appreciate this interactive, uh, visualizations and digging into the data. But, uh, my experience is that usually afterwards they come and say, this power query stuff is amazing. And you tell us this exists in Excel for years. Yeah. Yeah. They, There, there are two things that surprises me or surprise me. On the one hand, that um, so many more people need support with uh, importing and transforming data. Not all of them need an um, analytical data model afterwards. Some of them, Correct. but many more just to need to um, automate their, their data imports. Yeah. Secondly, this tool is so badly advertised it's it's for free it's included in excel 2016 and and younger and they simply yeah. don't know yeah can you imagine if it just had its own product name if it was its own thing as a part of the microsoft suite you mean it power query would, standalone yeah you know as a as a tool part of that office you go oh there's word there's i reckon it would be one of the most used applications in the office pack yeah r right after people understood what they can do with it um, yeah but at least it would go they go what is this thing you know and, and it would be useful whereas all these other little tools seem to pop up on microsoft's radar you know you've got oh, what was it there was stream and some other ones i can't remember what they were called yeah. now but there are other ones that pop up all the time when you just go in well, i'm not sure what that is you might click on it but i don't know i just think it might be a something you could just advertise on its own then and market as a thing and maybe then microsoft would sing about it a bit more i don't know why it's not like i say why isn't it more advertised i'm i'm, I'm still convinced that it was um, a great idea to put the the power pivot and the power query button into excel because etl and and um, tabular modeling is is something that uh, usual people and i think you and me we are those kind of guys um, people who have no technical background uh, wouldn't touch this ground usually. Of course, those yeah. are IT topics and I wouldn't yes. have tried using it. So having this button in Excel is, is quite a good idea. But on the yeah, other hand, yeah. why did they remove Power Query? I like this separate uh, um, tab in, in the, the ribbon. Yeah, I, it's, I, don't, I don't know what the decision was, um, but it's... Uh, It disappoints me. It's sort of, you know, but as I say to people, it also, you know, it gives me the pleasure of showing people this stuff for the first time. Yeah. So, you know, it's from a selfish point of view, it's great for me. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love being the one that shows people this. Like, it's like I'm the genius. It's like, nah, it's just been in there, but no one's ever told you it's there. So yeah. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Because it's it's one of the best tools they invented for years. And it's just yeah, hidden. Totally. Absolutely. And I came across, I sort of, you know, approached it from, I came across Power Query before Power Pivot, pretty much, because I was doing a little bit of Microsoft, you know, uh, MS Query, pulling data from places, from an access database and stuff like this, and using ODBC connectors and that sort of stuff. Yeah. And then Power Pivot came a little bit after for me. Um, so I never really had the issue of, you know, having to rebuild power pivot models or whatever when you couldn't pull the data in with power query pretty much didn't happen for me i skipped that a little bit that was like 2014 2015 around about then mm -hmm. 
Do you do you still have to explain why there are capabilities in Power Pivot to to um, import data? Because those buttons yeah, still exist and people are struggling sometimes. Where, when do I use what and why is it there and also in Power Query? Yeah, and there's, and there's some of that, isn't there, with Power BI as well and calculated columns and things like this. And you go, well, <laughs> you can do a calculated column in DAX, but if you really need one, you should do one in Power Query. And they go, you know, why? <laughs> well, you know, and then you just ream off uh, the... Uh, the maxim of uh, as far upstream as possible <laughs> as far downstream as necessary, Mr. Roche, and then you uh, you move on. But yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting one having all these different paths to get into the same spot. Yeah, and it's it's confusing for sure. I, I can remember yeah, years yeah. years back, um, people ask me why their M scripts don't work in a measure. They just copied yes. what they did in in, in Power Query yeah, and tried yeah. to use it there. Uh, yeah. Completely not understanding, understanding that there are two languages in parallel. Yeah. yeah, crazy. And do you find the sort of the um, the sort of students as well that there's is is there is there any way of sort of or department or background that people take to it more the whole sort of Power Query, Power Pivot, Power BI world, or is it is it just not really where what department they're from. It's just a mindset thing. What do you think? I guess when when people need to touch new ground, so develop further in an area they never have been before, they need a good motivation for it. And this can e either be fun or just healing a bad wound. Can I, can I say it this way? Yes. So reduce yeah, yeah, reduce yeah. pain. And um, that's something I discussed with Rob Colley um, in, I don't know if it was in, on his podcast or mine, um, that usually people don't get the time to learn this during their day job. Usually they do it in, at home, in homework, because they know, um, okay, I can reduce my, my pain at work or just want to, like I did, want to change their, their subject, want to change job and, and try to develop further. So you, you need to create motivation um, so that people are, are going to learn this stuff. And um, yeah, yeah. I think this is important. This is why I, when I give trainings, I of course teach people how they can do certain things, but I always also include demos of what's possible to do with further knowledge, not showing them how it works because yeah. it would be too much and overwhelming at the, the um, that point but to show yeah. them what could be possible if they invest more time and energy and, yeah, and, and, book, and book the next training, of course. <laughs> well, absolutely. But, and I think sort of over the years, because I've been running the running, you know, Excel training originally, so probably about, when was that, 13 years I've been doing that now, and then Power BI training for, uh, yeah, best, well, since Power BI was launched, so what was that, 2015, seven years, six, six or seven years. Um, and it was, it's just this way of, um, helping people to, those people who have had problems or, or recognize that the technology can solve their solution. They're the ones who really light up as soon as you show them some of this stuff, you know, they really go, I can see an immediate time saving for me. Yeah. Um, and the, The, the level of content that I share as well in the training has probably gone down over the years to give people thinking time as well and a few more examples and trial and sort of, you know, have a go now, see if you can apply what I've just taught you because there's so much content. There's just so much. You can you could just talk nonstop probably for three days without giving somebody a chance to to think. So it's... It's about less is more sometimes with these courses, I think. Yeah. They need to digest. You, yeah. you, you can give a training where you show what, what, you, what you know, or you can have a training where people afterwards have ideas, which, which yes. processes to change and um, to optimize. This is what I like to ask if there is still time afterwards. With all you have seen today, and I usually give one day trainings, uh, with, with everything you've seen today, What do you have in mind? What do you want to change tomorrow when you go back to work? And I try to emphasize that going 
to their own data and immediately try to, to implement what they have seen is important to don't forget this stuff. It's like learning a new language. Um, I had a colleague in, in my own office who came from Sweden who knew English pretty well. And I tried to improve my English. So we talked English all day. And he went back home after two years and his German, his active German, uh, wasn't better um, right. after two years. Was, was a disaster. Yeah. And it was my fault. I, I should have um, <laughs> said, no, no English here. You have to speak German in Germany. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you just have yeah. to apply. I I think there's a there's a missed point by companies as well that they they send their staff on training courses. Some do, you know, the good ones who realise that there's benefit in staff being trained, but then they don't really necessarily give them the time or permission to take longer to do stuff initially. Mm. So you know, so, something you can do, and you've been doing repetitively in Excel, you can still do it in an hour or two hours or five hours or however long it takes. Yeah. But learning how to do that in with Power Query, Power Pivot, or Power BI, that could take two or three days. It might take you three hours to write a DAX formula that you could write in Excel in two minutes. Yeah. But it's the next time and the next time. But I think there's you know there's a piece that companies or managers, whoever they are, sending people on these courses also need to give permission to staff to go, okay, you know, don't worry if you don't get this done this month because you're going to focus on learning about how to do this better for next month and the month after and the month after. That's a missing piece, I think. Yeah, but on the other hand, I guess the, the expectations are maybe the wrong ones. Um, the first thing is that the, the advertising is Power BI is like Excel. It's, it's as easy like Excel. And if you... Oh, PowerPoint for data. Yeah, exactly. And if you visited a one-day training course... Hey, learning the VLOOKUP didn't take so long. Why should it so yeah. be, be so long with DAX? So yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess the the C level um, um, the guys who decide how to spend the money and especially the time of the the employees have wrong expectations. That's yeah. that's the problem. Yeah. But um, we, we're talking about Power Query and, and Power BI for so long. But I, I saw, um, I guess it was a LinkedIn, LinkedIn post. By the way, you have 20,000 followers on LinkedIn. Wow, I was yeah. impressed. Must, must be bots. <laughs> <laughs> Ru Russian hacker bots. Yeah, yeah I reckon. Um, you said if you could um, give advice to, to the younger win. Um, oh, yeah. That, that would be a win-win situation, right? No, yeah. bad, 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 bad joke here. Um, if you could uh, give advice to your younger self, you uh, would say, uh, get good at Excel. Yeah. So why didn't you tell it to yourself? So why are you so bad at Excel? <laughs> why am I so bad? I know. I wish I'd been better. I could have done my VBA this morning then. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's just that thing of uh, just, you know, Excel has just opened up more opportunities than anything else I've done, I think, in terms of my studies, you know, because I'm I'm a chartered accountant. I've worked for banks. I've worked for all, you know, all sorts of, you know, large organizations. But it's the Excel part that really sort of opened up the doors and, and I guess, made me more valuable to organize. And is the stuff I enjoy as well. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's all worked out quite nicely up until this point <laughs> due, to, due to being good at Excel, really, yeah. rather than anything else. Yeah. So it's uh, giving my give my younger self the same advice. Look, carry on, study it, keep going because it's uh, you know you, I could have gone off and done other bits. There were jobs that I took that had no Excel involved, and I didn't last long in them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, the reality I, of it was I missed it. You know. Yeah, yeah, I can completely understand when I. Um, I, I remember I worked for a company and, and Power Pivot was a thing, but you needed the, the correct uh, license. 2013 oh, yeah. and a yeah. professional plus blah, blah, blah. I, I forgot yeah, about it. Yeah. And uh, I switched companies because I, I found another one who had the right license and I wanted to <laughs> yeah, do yeah. Power Pivot. So I can relate to that. Yeah. Um, the, the good thing about, uh, about Excel is every company has it. So whatever yeah. you learn in, in the current company about Excel, you can transport it to the next employer or your your own company or whatsoever. Yeah, definitely. And again, it's a shallow learning curve. You can, you know, just plug some numbers in and then you can do a sum and then you can learn a VLOOKUP and then you can learn something else and then something else. And it's, you can be productive from day one with it. So, you know, and it is everywhere, like you say, and it's, 
technically free because everyone has it. Yeah. Even though it's not really free, but yeah, you know, it's built into everything. So it's just a real productive tool. And you you mentioned Rob Colley earlier, you know, his, his book, when I read that, it almost, I'd already, we'd been, or I'd been working, you know, as a consultant in Excel and stuff for quite a few years. And you felt, you know, there was this term of shadow IT where you're sort of doing stuff that the business wasn't really approving of, but we were building things that the business needed. So we were going into clients and building, you know, all sorts of reporting tools in Excel. But you sort of felt a bit like underhanded. You hadn't quite made it to the IT world. And then reading Rob Colley's book, and he's just like, no, this is what everybody does. You know, they are the sort of, you know, this original citizen developers in this sort of stuff. And, you know, data data handling and wrangling and presenting data in the Excel world was now taken to another level with Power Pivot. You know, you got a step closer to the IT world. But it gave you this sort of like permission to go, yeah, actually, you know, what we're doing is proper. It is proper reporting. It is proper analysis. Yeah. I got I got sort of um what's the word trolled or whatever it's called on um um my YouTube channel the other day somebody put a comment something about you know Excel's not a proper data analysis tool or why why are data analysts learning Excel and I was just like you know that that's the sort of attitude that always used to wind me up it sort of still gets me a bit now but you know I I brush it off these days but it's just it is a proper bi tool it's the original and it's brilliant at doing what it does it's just the most to know its limits the most flexible on the market yeah and that's exactly that's the thing i i think people who put those kind of comments below your videos have never worked outside of it uh, yeah. they they never really had to solve business problems in time when the cfo comes and says i need this tomorrow um this never happens and i i guess nobody who uses excel would complain about a tool like SAP or other tools on the market who would export the report I need right now uh, by a push on the button. No, nobody would complain about it. Everybody would, yeah, would use yeah. it, but this is not how the world works, right? Yeah. And, the, and there's this sort of, you know, who, who owns the term data analyst? You know, they, all these terms, I've been a business analyst, a data analyst. I've been in all these sorts of roles. My job, I'm still plug away at Excel. You know, it's just the same. There's data, you need to get a report, some information to make some decision, whether it's Excel or Power BI. And there's, you know, better ways of doing things, quicker ways. You learn those ways as you grow and your knowledge increases. But to say like one tool means you're a business analyst and one tool means you're not. It's not really about it. It's about, you know, the end result and what you're doing, helping organizations. It's a strange attitude that, or oh, if you don't know Python, you're not a yeah. I don't know, data scientist or you don't know this, you're not this. It's really weird. I don't know. Just, yeah, it seems strange. I have a book in my office. I'm, I forgot about the correct name, but I guess it's doing data science with Excel. And right. it's, a, it's a data scientist who just tries to apply all the, the rules from, from data science and, Uh, uh, using Excel to yeah create the results, and it seems to be a good book. I'm not a data scientist, obviously, but uh, it uh, seems <laughs> to work somehow. Or are you? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, <laughs> the, the, I'm, no, the definitions I'm, I'm are so like loose. I don't. I don't really don't know. <laughs> I think you got, have you probably got to know some statistics or something like that to be a data scientist. I would think that's probably yeah, a, a yeah. next level. Ma mathematics, statistics yeah. for sure. And this is not yeah. my my game. No, no, but um, you you can definitely develop further today, and it doesn't matter which um, formal education you have, you can learn everything by passion. And this yeah. is something, uh, by the way, passion versus hard work. What do you? Okay, yeah. What, what do you think is more successful, or what's your relation relation to those two topics? Um, well, I guess if you know if you've got a passion for something, then you can you're happy to work harder at it. So it's it's easier to perform the hard work. So the passion is, you know, if you find something you're passionate about, then, and you can do that, like this stuff is my hobby as well. You know, the YouTube videos, everything else, it's all hobby and work sort of tend to blend together a bit. It's just when, you, when you're in your hobby part of it, you've got no deadlines or anybody else to please other than yourself. <laughs> and when you're in the work part, you've got clients who are paying for what you're doing. So, you know, that's the difference. But otherwise for my job, it's 
part in the same thing. Um, and the passion just comes out of enjoying doing that. So um, I also I also just think, you know, there's this mix of luck as well. So you've got the luck chuck thrown in there. So just coincidences, people you've worked with, jobs you've done that just move your path and you you have no real control over that. You just, you know, I've dropped into lucky scenarios where maybe it's lucky with hindsight, looking back going, oh, you know, if I hadn't done that, this definitely wouldn't have happened. And if I hadn't done that, this wouldn't have happened. But I think there's a lot of that involved as well. And you make a bit of your own luck, but there's a lot of just chance thrown in the mix as well. Yeah, but also, I don't know if, if that's proper ang English, but grabbing that chance, using it. Yes. <clears throat> turning it into yeah. an advantage for yourself. I guess yeah, yeah. I'm I'm totally with you. Um, there are situations that you that you cannot plan, uh, but my experience is that luck only comes to people who who yeah hunt for something, who try to push something further, to um, deal with the topic for a very long time, and then situations occur um, that you can can use for yourself. Yeah, you know, I I did a my university course, so I studied accounting. And I did a year sort of placement at industry. So, so I went to work for a finance department for Hewlett-Packard back in the UK. Mm -hmm. And it just so happened that one of the finance guys there was a Lotus One Two Three sort of gun. He was pretty awesome at Lotus One Two Three. So, you know, he was just showing me all this stuff, all these macros and all these other bits and pieces. And it was just like I had a, a skill for that as well and a desire to learn it. Lotus One Two Three. when did you start to work? Yeah, that was um, 95. That was, uh, so 95 was my year out of university. So I went back to university for a year after that. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, and we were just plugging away. I, I, my job was like doing lots of month-end rec reconciliations and processing and, you know, all these sort of mundane-ish tasks. And I just automated it all. So my four days a month end became, I don't know, a day's worth of work rather than by the time I left after one year. And that was my, or, you know, I had a taste then for what was possible. Mm. And then because I'd had that little year in advance of everybody else, when I started work for companies then, I had this year up on everybody else in terms of, oh, you know spreadsheets. Can you come and help us with this? And it just sort of started to progress from that. Just had a, a little, that little boost, that little one year boost. It sort of uh, set me up. So it was it was good. That was that was a bit of luck. When I when I started at my first company, I should replace one guy who went to the headquarter in Denmark, was working for a supermarket company, and uh, that guy had created a, a huge VBA macro in, in Excel that um, did what today Power Query would do. It, it read <laughs> um, data from the screen from a. IBM software that uh, included all our revenues and costs and stuff. And there was, there was no real interface, but it could grab the, the real figures from the screen and read it okay. into Excel. And I, okay. I simply didn't know what all this stuff was. I never programmed. And I, I, I tried to get into it because it, sh it should be my task. And uh, mm -hmm. there were only two, two choices to make, leave the company or just get good at it. And I decided for the second one. Right. but it was pretty scary in the beginning definitely yeah. oh recently i've been listening to i think it was even somebody on your show that they mentioned tm1 um which is a this sort of cube type yeah. software that plugged into excel it was it was tom martens i guess yes yeah. yes that's right it was and then i heard somebody else mention it on some other podcast as well and at hewlett packard during my year out they had this thing called TM1. I totally forgotten about it, this thing called TM1. And it was just like, oh, you know. And I, I then did a little job for one of my friend's parents, sort of in the summer holiday. And they had this system um, and they had lots of timesheets. And I implemented TM1. This was like when I was 20. What would I have been? I don't even know. Um, but yeah, I was sort of full of, full of bravado and implemented this TM1-based system for this little company. It's probably over the top. It wasn't that expensive to actually do it, but it was just like, yeah, I just remember having this, all this TM1 memory started coming flooding back after hearing that the other day. <laughs> um, you, you recently published a book. Indeed. A book that 
is really close to my heart because it's for people like us yes. coming from Excel, going to uh, business intelligence with, with Microsoft Power BI. Um, I, I recently read that um, Chris Webb, I don't know if he read your book completely or um, ju just did I a, think he just scanned it. He, yeah, he, he scanned it and yeah. said he was surprised that there are not more books from that kind um, on the market. And yeah. yeah, that that resonated with what I thought. Um, what made you writing this book? I think I got to a point where I was running training courses and heartily recommending, you know, like Matt Allington's book for DAX and heartily recommending Ken Pull's and Miguel Escobar's book for Power Query. And then sort of recommend, still recommending Rob Colley and Avi Singh's book for, for mm. Power BI as, as a sort of conceptual thing. Yeah. Um, but that was, they wrote that, that second edition was like November 2015. And I went back into it one day and I was just like, you know, it, it's still got, all, and I love that book, it's still got loads of useful lessons if you know what to ignore or what's changed in the last seven years. But if you're brand new to it and you open that book up, it'll just send you on a complete wild goose chase. You know, you'll just be confused, I think. And I went, right, you know, no one else is doing it. I quite like to do it. I've done this training course that I do, got lots of good feedback. If I convert this training course into a book type format, um, I think there'd be, a, you know, I think it would help a lot of people. There'd be a bit of demand for it. So that was the, that was the driving factor behind it. Um, honest question. Isn't that a problem with writing books in this yeah, rapidly changing environment uh, in general? Isn't the book yes. old <laughs> half a year after it's printed or even written? Yeah, to some, to some extent. Um, so, you know, I've added, I've, I've created a partner website for it as well to, to track changes and put little blog articles to say, hey, this screenshot may have changed or this thing's changed. Um, the con core concepts, I think, will be around for a good few years. Mm -hmm. um, you know, three quarters of the way through writing it, the formatting pane changed in Power BI Desktop. Yeah. So uh, I had to redo 200 screenshots, which Chris Webb <laughs> warned me that uh, this would happen. I think he had to do with them three times when he wrote his book. Mm. Um, and, you know, and th things are going to change, and it sort of, I, I, beg forgiveness at the start of the book saying, look, screenshots may change, but the core concept's going to be the same. Um, but yeah, it, it is going to have a limited life, but I think it's just, it's going to be more, you can follow it more, I think, than the older books that are six or seven years old and there's just nothing else. So if you like reading a book and learning that way, then this should be, this should be good for a good couple of years. I'll put two years on it. <laughs> oh, wow. That's an investment. Uh, but but assuming our listeners have never heard about that book, tell us its name and, and who is it for oh, yeah. and how to yeah, buy sorry. it. I need to get better at this plugin. Yeah, ad advertising. Come on, come on. <laughs> advertising. Buy it now. <laughs> um, so yeah, Power BI for the Excel analyst. Um, it goes on worldwide sale 1st of November. If you're in the US, you can buy it now. And then I'll be selling copies directly in Australia mid to the end of November. So yeah, it's a, it's a labor of love. It took a lot of hours and a good year of weekends and evenings. Hmm. Um, and it's really fun to get started. Then it's a drag. And at the end, it's a complete pain Yeah, <laughs> when you're doing all the little tweaks and edits and everything else. So you've got to really want to do it. Um, and Yeah, I, I'm glad I did it. I'm proud of it. And it was, it's a, I think it's a good book and hopefully people like it. So go buy it now. Did you did you uh, publish it um, via Bill Jelen or how did you do it? Yeah, yeah. So Bill, who's Mr. Excel, who's got 67 books under his belt already. <laughs> so he knows what he's doing. Hilarious. <laughs> so who, who am I to uh, <laughs> suggest anything else? But so, yeah, he, he's published in it. So yeah. Uh, You know, and I, I've enjoyed all the books that he's published before. Well, I say all, I haven't read them all because there's too many. But, you know, he published Matt Allenton's book and Ken's and Rob Colley's and mm. everybody else's. So, no, it's it's nice to be sort of part of the that company, sort of, of, of published authors. So, 
Yeah, it's exciting. I like it. It's uh, it's going to be good fun for a while, and it's good fun setting up a website, which I'd never done as well. So that was just a, a little bit of an afterthought. Um, on top of, I need somewhere for people to download the exercises from. Yeah, to do in the so that was the initial setup, and then so I got a, found this URL uh, domain name pbi.guide, and it was like, oh, that's that's quite a good domain name pbi.guide. So then put it in there, and then thought, oh, actually. I could, put little posts to say when things change, people can keep up to date. Um, so that's the main purpose of it. And then I've just started putting on people's blogs and YouTube channels that I'd recommend in a, a bit of a resources page because there's so much content out there, so much good stuff for newcomers to learn about. So I've just set up a page for that. <laughs> I, I know we, we're both on Twitter and um, I think it's a perfect network for exchanging business topics. And... Yeah. Um, When, when I started Power BI, I didn't know where to get information from. There was um, the book by our Italian friends. I guess that was the first one I read. I didn't understand it. Uh, then I read, <laughs> read uh, Rob Colley's book you. and I understood a bit more, yeah. uh, but still didn't know what business intelligence really is. Yeah. And um, in the meantime, so much content exists on YouTube, on TikTok, on blogs, yeah. in books, in so many languages. It's, it's amazing. And it's like you say, uh, now you don't even know where to start. And nah. it's all spread over so many different books. As you said, you can go with uh, Miguel and, and Ken and uh, buy a Power Query book. You need a data modeling book. You need a data visualization book. You need a administration book. You need so many yeah. <laughs> different yeah, books. Yeah. It's, it's hard to comprehend. Yeah, it's, it's, a, mass, it's a massive topic. And... You know the the dashboard in a day course that Microsoft you know promoted. It, it is a good, it's a marketing thing of you know, let's just sh show you what it is and show you the potential, and then you're sort of you've got a taste for what you can do. Um, but we we get asked occasionally, you know, can we do a one day version of our train our, our trainings two days or three days? And we get asked, can we do a one day version? And it's just like, well, not really. Um, I can teach you half the stuff <laughs> that you need to know. Um, if you want to pay for that, then yeah. But we sort of we sort of stopped doing it. Really, we used to agree to it, do a cut down version, but we've we've stopped because there is just so much just to get started. Let alone take your journey further. And it's great to have all these resources out there. And that's why you know, with my book, I wanted to go. I, I want to my, my book sort of feeds is the starting point, and then it feeds into Ken's book or Matt's book for DAX, or um, Bavik Merchant, I want an admin now. So Bavik used to, he actually set up the Perth Power BI meetup group that I then joined however many years ago and now run. So there's a little bit of a link there. So uh, yeah, it's... Uh, Didn't he write the, the uh, Power BI uh, performance optimization book? Perform performance optimization, sorry. Yeah, not the... Uh, he, yeah. He, he was in Australia first. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So he was part of Microsoft in Perth. And they, uh, they sort of poached him and took him away to uh, Redmond. And now he went to the dark side. I guess he's working for AWS right now or? Yeah, or somewhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not sure. Which, where, did he go there or was it? Yeah, I'm not sure. Is he at, least, at least he left Microsoft and I have to cut yeah, this out of the, of the podcast, of course. Yeah. <laughs> no, just, just kidding. <laughs> well, the thing is, because um, Gil Raviv went there as well, didn't he? He definitely is at uh, AWS. Yeah. I don't know about... Yeah. Yeah, but they, they simply left left the company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, now, now I'm mixing stuff up. Gil was working for Microsoft, then went being a freelancer. Yeah. And now just left the topic, the Power BI topic, and, and got um, got a job at AWS. Yeah. yeah, yeah, sorry. I think he was at something like Avanade for a while or something. Yeah. Or one of those companies, one of the big companies for a while. And then he left, yeah. You're talking about Perth and you said you, you're original from Wales. By the way, what I really like about how you, how you talk, it's pretty easy for me to understand your English. I know there are, okay. there are a couple of people from the community I would really like to talk to, but I, I, I simply can't because I don't understand what they're saying. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I think I've been forced into speaking a bit clearer because um 
when I moved to Perth, my Australian cousins could not understand really what I was saying. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't know whether it was talking quick or just a bit of sort of accent or words that I was using, but every other sentence was what? What? <laughs> what was that? They just didn't. So I think I've I've manipulated my voice a little bit to to meet the Australian ear. <laughs> Okay, that, know, that's in, that's interesting. Yeah. I, I hopefully I, I I don't hurt him right now, but um, I, I really love our common friend Gilbert. Oh yeah, yeah. But when we met, I did not I didn't understand every second word. I just what, what, <laughs> what are you saying? It's, it was so tough for me. I don't know if this is the South African way of talking or if there's something else. Yeah. In but it's yeah almost impossible yeah. for me to understand a whole <laughs> sentence. Yeah, it, it's, it can be tricky. Um, Gilbert won't mind. He'll just be sitting there in his pajamas or whatever, <laughs> laughing at this, or in his, in his cow onesie. On his racing bike. So, yeah, actually I'm sharing, a, we, Gilbert and I are going to be presenting at um, Definity in New Zealand at the end of November at cool. Rez's. Cool. Um, so we're, we're, we're room buddies for that. So uh, looking, looking forward to sharing a room with Gilbert. Send him my greetings. <laughs> I will. So... Why? Why did you not only leave country, the country, but the complete continent? Why? Why so far away from home? Yeah. Well, look. If, the, if Australia was closer, I wouldn't have moved as far away. But it is a long way away. <laughs> so it's a case of uh, it's just a good. It's a good place to live, um, and it's really you know from a from a uh, a British person's point of view, it's culturally very similar, but with just awesome weather and people who are just a bit happier because of the weather. So it's just got these sort of, you know, it's an ease of transition. Um, and my cousin, our distant cousin, we've got the same great, great grandfather or something <laughs> like that. He lives in, he lives in, um, in Perth and he came to stay, um, and visit. He was backpacking, came to stay in Wales, visited. Um, and he said, oh, you must, you know, come back and, We got on well. He said, oh, come, come and visit me. So I came to visit him. And, and anybody who knows Perth, there's um, a beautiful beach suburb called Cottesloe with a, a fantastic pub called the Cottesloe Beach Hotel just overlooking the water. And his apartment that he was renting at the time just overlooked that pub right by the beach. And it was just, a, you know, I turned up and it was just like, oh, my, this is amazing. <laughs> you live here. Um, and so it was just a great experience. So then I really wanted to come back. And I lived in Sydney for a year and sort of really liked Australia. And we, uh, myself and my wife, we then moved, moved back sort of in 20, ooh, 2007. Yeah. We just, she'd been to Australia as well and we both loved it. So just wanted to move there, give it a go. And two years turned into 16 now. 15. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know where the time goes. My my wife is really impressed by Australia as well. She's been there twice. I, I never saw it yet. Um, we definitely yeah, want yeah. to do it when, yeah, the the boys are a bit older and the pandemic is over. Hopefully, yeah. the pandemic is uh, over earlier than my boys are older. <laughs> you, yeah, you never know. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, but must be amazing over there. Yeah, it's just a it's a different way of life. It's just very lots of open space, parks, beaches, all this sort of stuff. Um, I love Wales. It's a it's a beautiful country, but it it's beautiful and green because it rains a hell of a lot, and there's a, so that's a downside. I do not miss scraping ice off my car in the morning. <laughs> um, the ability just to go down the beach and get a parking space whenever you want, even on a public holiday weekend, without having to pay for that parking, with barbecues dotted along the beachfront. It's just you know it's just a nice, easygoing life. So yeah, it's a good place to live. In, in my family, when, when, for instance, my father says it's, it's great weather outside, I always ask, why is it raining? Because I prefer rain. I really love rain. I don't like the sun well, so much. Okay. So when, well, when people constantly are talking about good go. weather, uh, it's hard. To, I always complain. Yeah, yeah. This is why I love Iceland so much. Um, right. have, you, have you been there? No, I haven't. So if you don't like rain, you shouldn't go there. Uh, okay. Because it's, it's raining, <laughs> there's always a, a chance of 70% for rain. Um, yeah. So it's really, really high. But it's it's such an amazing country. It's so beautiful. You see so many things, glaciers, waterfalls, um, so many 
yeah, beautiful landscape and stuff. It, not yeah. many plants, but the country is, is so cool. Yeah, very cool. Um, I, I want to go back to to your podcast project. Oh yeah. Um, one one reason why I'm doing this is. I just talk, I, I don't do it for the audience. I really do it selfishly for me, talking to people I find interesting, sharing interests, discussing topics. And this is why I learned a lot during the last years and, and episodes I recorded from the people I was talking to. Um, is it the same with you? Did you learn something, maybe Parker specific, but also communication, technology? You had to set up a podcast. Um, yeah. What what's your experience with this journey? Yeah, it's the same idea. I wanted to just, you know, chat to people. And also just, I felt a bit like Dax was getting all the limelight. So there was lots of stuff on Dax, lots of content talking about Dax and not really that much out there about Power Query. Mm. Um, so I just wanted to sort of raise the raise the voice of Power Query a bit as well and just showcase what all the people who have contributed to the community have done and just start and uh, yeah like you say sort of selfishly just find out a bit more about people and have a chat with them um and it was really a case of finding out you know whether it was something i enjoyed doing i had no idea that was one of those ones of you just put it off for so long and you just one day just go oh you know what's the worst that can happen it just i don't publish the podcast you know I just yeah. let's go and have a meeting with someone and have a chat and see how it goes um And then, yeah, the technology, just what's involved in publishing something and recording it and what software's out there and how to get it onto, you know, onto iTunes and Spotify and these sorts of things, which was way easier than I thought it was going to be, that last little bit. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it was an interesting process. How long did it, did it take you from the idea of creating a podcast till your first recording? Mm, Can you remember probably that? Probably a year. Yeah. Okay. I reckon, I reckon about a year of just going, ah, no, I should sort it out. And then I sent out a couple of sort of feeler sort of questions to people if it's something people would want to do. Um, and yeah, a few people said, yep. And it was like, oh, okay, well, that's good. And then you know, a few more people said yes. And it was just like, okay, so we've got a few people lined up. So let's, let's do this then and start to explore it. Yeah. The the reason why I'm asking is there is there are two parties out there to with regards of yeah doing new projects. Some people like just to start uh, using a simple microphone. It, it, it doesn't matter which kind of project, but let's keep it with uh, with the podcasting. Uh, people just take their earbuds from from their iPhone and and create a podcast. Yeah, yeah. Quality is bad, but they they're gonna start and and evolve over time. And um, a couple of years ago, I just thought those people can make it. It's not good quality. You shouldn't do that. But in the meantime, I learned to admire people who just say, hey, I, I want to put a product out. I want to do something. I want to create something no matter what and get better yeah, over yeah. time. And I'm the complete opposite. I, I <laughs> It took me half a year intensively Uh, figuring out what the right microphone is, what the right platform for hosting the podcast and distributing it to uh, iTunes and, and Spotify yeah, yeah, is. Yeah. And um, it, it cost me a lot of time and money. And I'm not yeah. convinced that this is how it should be. <laughs> But this is how I work. This is yeah. how I function. Yeah. No, I, there's a certain element of that. I think the podcast was, was along those lines. Uh, YouTube... That just started off of just, you know, and, and leave up all the old YouTube videos so it's easy to go back and have a look and go, <clears throat> that was just a case of getting started. I just started recording some, you know, little demos with, without me on the screen, then some with me on the screen, and then with terrible audio and real, you know, bad picture quality and all this sort of stuff. And then you just slowly start to scale up a little bit, I guess, as people show a bit more interest. Um, but again, sort of, I, I'm... I'm not too bothered about going sort of full studio system, but who knows? Maybe one day that'll be. In, it doesn't that doesn't really interest me finding out about that stuff. Um, although I have started looking at SLRs, but I don't really need one. So, <laughs> as a, uh, you mind a uh, you're talking yeah, about a camera, camera. Yeah, 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 
Uh, by by the way, um, I I used to use um, Sony Alpha six thousand one hundred for uh, as a, as a streaming camera. Okay. Uh, it, it's it's a compact camera. You can change lenses, but um, I noticed that those things overheat. When I did a right. full full day training, it just got too warm and shut off, uh -huh. shut down, and people couldn't see me anymore. This is why I invested in a in a real camcorder. It's not that much more expensive. But it's okay. it's meant for filming, not just for taking pictures, and yeah, um, yeah. was yeah. was an expensive learning for me. <laughs> well, you know, if you if you enjoy from, from you know tinkering about with these things and exploring the tech, you know, I, I, when if I'm buying a new TV, I will I will do a bit of research and I will get the you know best TV guide magazine and start pouring through those sorts of things and or, or any techy items like that. Well, I like doing a bit of research in terms of stuff before I jump in. I guess that's something we all have in common. This, um, yeah, t tools. We, we we're just big boys, I guess. Just yeah, the yeah. toys changed a bit. Yeah, this is what my 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 wife always says. It's just toys for you. Um, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So. You you wrote this book. You're doing your your power query challenges on on LinkedIn. By the way, I recently I talked to a, a German. She's not a friend, but we we know each other from the community. And she said, "Oh, I really enjoy the the power query um, challenges by by Win." Said, "Oh, okay. that, that's interesting." So <laughs> you're, you're pretty famous in Germany as well. Yeah, very good. And uh, what 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 can we expect? Other book projects? Something you want to put more uh, no light no on. you know it'll be no new book projects for now at least that's <laughs> what i'm telling my wife uh, <laughs> but uh yeah that that bit's done for a while so um got a few conferences coming up um and it'll just be a case of more youtube stuff so the youtube channel is taking off now that just one of my videos went from having a thousand views over the last year to half a million views in the last month. Whoa. So, it, you know, you, again, you just put whatever content you want out there, but and if it's not out there, it'll never get half a million views, but it's really down to the algorithms that you yeah. know, YouTube decide to put on there and whether they show up on the home screen and then people start clicking on it. So, uh, yeah, that's, so that's suddenly taken off a bit. So that's so probably invest a bit more time in there, making sure that that's up to date and new videos. And I enjoy doing those, so that's good fun. Um, but no, no other sort of major projects coming up. Cool. I, I guess you said it took you more than a year to write that book, so not not too many major pro uh, projects right after the other, I guess. Yeah, and you know that's the Power Query Magic podcast went on hold while I was writing that book, really. And then I finished writing the book, and then I started doing the podcast again. And I was sort of two or three episodes in, and I just went. Actually, I probably could do with my weekends back for a little while. <laughs> so uh, during the pandemic, management. oh, sorry, I didn't want to interrupt you. Oh no, go on. Uh, during, I was just saying, I was just saying, it was just a, sort of just about time management and you know making sure that I'm not spending all my time at work, and I do have a wife and daughter that uh, I'd like to see a bit <laughs> as well. Yeah. I enjoy spending time with and friends and other people who haven't seen me for a year. Yeah. Um, no, what what I was going to say is that uh, during the pandemic, my my podcast also completely disappeared, um, yeah, just due to time issues. And um, but when when you hear people talking about um, successful podcast, then you should release a new episode every every second or third day, or yeah, yeah. once a week. But as we both agree on, it's it's just a fun project talking to people yeah. there's no idea of becoming um a second source of income or something no no it's just for fun and um as and when as and when i get to it I, I think that the youtube stuff is now sort of i'm i'm quite committed to trying to keep one every week one video a week that's sort of something i've been sticking with and mm -hmm. i enjoy doing that um so then i'm doing that plus then a podcast on top and that can take the best part of half a day to a day by the time you've prepped for it, recorded it, edited it, published it and all that sort of stuff. Listen to it a couple of times to make sure it's all right. <laughs> so that all eats in. And it's just, and again, enjoy doing it in isolation, but then all these little things add up into your, 
into your spare time. Um, so probably a good retirement project instead, I reckon. Retiring, I guess you're far away from retirement. <laughs> as far as I know. <laughs> Unless those lottery numbers come in. So we're we're very close to the weekend. You're much closer to the weekend than I am. Oh, what, what time Indeed. is it at your place now? Yeah, five o'clock. The weekend's officially started for me. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, thanks for sharing some time of it with me. Well, so yeah, if if you're if you can have a relaxed weekend, so no work and no family duties or something, how how do you enjoy life? What are you doing to relax and have fun? And this is the sad thing, you know. It is. The relaxing thing is doing, or forums, actually going on, weirdly, geekily, going on <laughs> forums and answering people's questions. You know, I'm, I'm my own worst enemy. I don't, I, I don't sort of spend enough time just switching off. But I like being distracted. I guess it's like doing a puzzle, yeah, or doing a, playing a game of chess or whatever yeah. it might be. I do play the piano um, pretty badly, but I do like <laughs> playing the piano. Um, and guitar and these sorts of things. I'm, I'm sort of largely self-taught in most of them. Um, and that does sort of, you know, distract me a bit. But just like going on forums, answering people's questions, doing the little videos, all these sorts of things, you know, and then it's just sort of, you know, family life with a almost 13-year-old daughter and sports and all those sorts of things. And that's the weekends and they just sort of tick along, catch up with friends, don't watch too much TV, watch a bit. You know, maybe an hour in the evening, something like that. But most of my time is spent, yeah, doing the exploring the techie stuff and being an MVP as well. You've got all these extra curricular meetings and sessions and people posting things and reading posts and blogs. And so I guess the reading I do isn't really novels, it's Power BI stuff, Excel stuff, with the occasional book thrown in once in a while when I'm on holiday. <laughs> and that's a, that's a, a fan, a fiction book, not a, Not a technical book. I draw the line at taking, you know, definitive guide to Dax down the beach. I'm oh yeah, that, that. that's a wonderful novel. It's so yeah, <laughs> I like yeah, the ending yeah. a lot. Yeah, uh, I pretend I can surf and just sort of flail about in the water. So we do that um, and a few other things. So now nah, a bit of bike riding, trying to do a little bit of exercise. But nah, do, do you have sharks? Sharks over there? Yes. Yeah, yeah. We've got my, got my shark watch app on my phone so we get a little ping whenever the sharks are in uh, this uh christmas day this year so for especially for people sort of expats in the uk going down the beach at christmas day is a big thing so everyone heads down to the beach for christmas day because we're used to you know having grown up being wintry and just yeah. raining outside christmas day and stuff like this so the the novelty of going down the beach and having a glass of champagne in the morning is a it's quite a cool thing so this year we're down the beach Christmas Day and everybody had to get out the water because four sharks were just swimming close up the shore. You could just see them swim past you. It's just like, oh, that's nice. <clears throat> <laughs> so oh, yeah, sharks. Dog. Yeah. But, you know, it, there's so many people in the water that you, your odds of getting attacked by a shark that's hungry for a person are pretty low. So, yeah, in the scale of things, there's other things that are more likely to kill you. The champagne I'm drinking down there is probably, you know, <laughs> doing me more damage than the uh, than the shark will ever will. A, f a fantastic view on life itself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, so I guess you you, you should be released to the weekend right now. Um, I I thank you for for the common time we we shared. Um, I'm I'm yeah, pretty keen on putting my hands on your book as as far oh, as I it's um, available here in Germany. Um, it, I can buy it on, on Amazon or uh, do I get it? Yeah, 1st of November, Amazon starts selling it. Um, so yeah, it'll be available around about then. The uh, the books are coming via ship to uh, um, Australia and it's going to take about 65 days from the US <laughs> to, <laughs> to be delivered. There's like worldwide shipping problems and stuff. So uh, that's the reality of books and shipping these days. Okay. And w once again, the website that's um, the companion to the book is which one? Yeah, it's pbi.guide. Cool. So I'll be keeping that up to date. I will put content and stuff. I will put the links um, in, in the show notes to this podcast. So everyone who's interested, just take a look and visit awesome. this website, buy this book. And um, yeah, visit Wins LinkedIn profile and YouTube channel, I guess. Awesome. 
Thanks a lot, Win. Thanks, Lars. Bye, everybody. Thank you.